Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself questioning, why work so hard to barely be squeezing life in? So that I wouldn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my terms from the inside out, which is what enabled me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating my way through the challenges of two kids and two bed rests, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the Life in Law Podcast. Today, we have a special and kind of interesting guest because we've never gotten into this topic before. So I'm really excited to introduce you to a special guest to talk all about SEO. Welcome, Annette. I'm super excited to have you. I am excited and honored to be here. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. And it took a while because we've all, we've been we're recording this at the beginning of 2023, y'all, and I think we were like scheduled in October and then something <laughs> happened and one of us had to cancel and then I had to cancel because I got sick and then she got sick and the, the year end craziness, but we're finally together. <laughs> yes. The stars have aligned. The stars have aligned. And I'm really excited because although SEO may not sound exciting to a lot of lawyers, it is absolutely imperative that they understand it and they start to utilize it for their practices. Right, I think it's super exciting. <laughs> well, <of laughs> because <course you> <laughs> I see, I see the connection between um, SEO and marketing, and real dollars in a law firm's bank account. So for me, it's not really about vanity metrics. It's not about um, just optics. It's really about growing a law firm's brand to the point that they are seen as the expert authority. They're trustworthy, not only to the potential clients that might see them, but really, frankly, to the Google bots they're, mm -hmm. that are going to put them at the top of Google. Then they're going to get more traffic. They're going to get more calls. They're going to get more clients. Yep. They're going to get more money. So yep. yep. That's the reason I get excited. <laughs> and that part is definitely exciting. So we're definitely going to get into that today. So before we get into the SEO portion, let's get a little bit into like, who are you? How did you even get here? So you did go to law school. True. Yes. That okay. is true. So what made you go to law school in the first place? Well, <laughs> um, just to give you a brief Cliff Notes version and not the, the whole story, but I went to undergraduate for political science international relations. I'd done debate all through high school. I did debate at the collegiate level and was the assistant debate coach for my college. Um, and then um, I decided to go get a graduate degree in theater and film as you do. So um, that is what I did. And then I did uh, theater. I did professional comedy. And I realized that maybe I should have something to fall back on. So I went to law school. And frankly, I've always loved, um, you know, logic, debate, all of those things. So law school, it was very it was a very natural progression. After I got out of law school, I worked uh, for the government, the federal government. Um, I really wanted a work-life balance. Um, mm. At the time, nobody was really talking about that 22 years ago. Right. Um, but I had seen a lot of my friends go into big law, not that there's anything wrong with that. But I saw the lifestyle that they were living and I 
knew that I did not want that, even though I was sort of being groomed to be a litigator at that point on moot court and all of those things in law school. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like that for a life. Uh, I want a family. I want all of the things. So I work for the federal government. And then that was enough of that, Heather, because I did that for nearly two decades. So I served my country um, in in a very minor capacity as a federal employee. And so I was miserable. I was not gaining any upward traction. Mm -hmm. There were um, not to throw this card out, but frankly, there were a lot of people that I would train that were men that would then immediately get promoted over me. And I'm like, well, I just trained them. Um, so it was frustrating to not feel uh, valued, frankly. Uh-huh. And so uh, I wanted to do something different. But at, at that age, I was a little nervous to start my own law firm that I think a lot of people are. Um, because as the people listening to this right now will attest to, when you become Uh, when you hang out your shingle, you are not only practicing law, you have to be a rainmaker, you have to be a marketer, you have to be, you know, do sales, you have to do sort of everything. And I didn't know that I was prepared to do all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone had dropped it in my lap. Oh, hey, why don't you write for law firms? I'm like, what are you talking? Like, I didn't even know it was a thing. And I can remember the day years and years and years ago that I actually looked up SEO online in Google because I didn't know what it stood for. It's search engine optimization, just in case anybody wants to know. Um, but it was at that point that I started really loving it because there's, all you know, as an attorney, I'm type A and I'm also very competitive. So I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like you can get to the top of Google just by being better than other people. I'm like, <laughs> I'm all about that. So I actually ended up starting to work as a freelancer for uh, digital marketing agencies all while I had my full-time job. And eventually I quit my full-time job and I was doing that. And I worked for some very, very large digital marketing agencies in the legal space that will go unnamed because I felt like that their practices were shady, that they were not giving lawyers true value for SEO and the law mm-hmm. lawyers, the law firms didn't know it because they just didn't know what they didn't know. Mm-hmm. But then even after that, even after the SEO, the content was not legally accurate. It was not ethically compliant. Mm. It was frustrating and I was having moral heartburn about it. And so after my husband heard me complain enough about this, um, I decided to start my own digital marketing agency for law firms that really has a primary foundation and focus of demystifying the entire SEO and marketing process and making everything very transparent and making everything very accessible for the lawyers that are interested in learning how to grow their law firm online, which you really need to do if you are you know, if you have a law firm right yep. now and your target market is under 100 years old, then you you need to be uh, online because all of your competitors are. So to that end, I have over 130 articles on my website about everything about digital marketing, 50 more coming out this year. <laughs> um, so there should be almost 200 or right at 200 by the end of this year. And I have a podcast myself. And I wrote a, a book that became a bestseller because it literally showed law firms that even if they don't hire me, they will now know step by step what they need to do and also 
what questions they should be asking digital marketing agencies that they're hiring to hold their feet to the fire and say, why aren't you doing this? Or, you know, this book says that you're supposed to be doing this. Why aren't you doing it? Or why don't I have a report on that? It's Mm. really just holding the people in my industry some of them don't like that, but holding them accountable. Accountable, yeah. Yeah, for the digital marketing dollars that lawyers are spending. I think that's really important. And so that's a very long story. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. But mm-hmm. the point is that at the end of the day, the reason I love this so much, Heather, is that I'm competitive. So mm-hmm. when I see law firms winning or when I see my clients winning, then I'm winning. So, mm-hmm. and it's it's very, very possible to do. There's one thing I can get every lawyer to take away from this podcast that's listening to it is do not be discouraged because I have a I have a great example of this. Can, can I can I say it now, Heather? Because it's yes, yeah. so good. Sure. Um, I wanted to rank myself personally, I wanted to rank for small law firm SEO, right? Like that's my right. jam. That's a really hard keyword to rank for. Mm-hmm. But just to prove it to every single person that is listening right now that you can rank for any keyword, here's proof. So I went and looked what everybody else w- was on the first page of Google, and they were all writing two or 3,000 word articles to rank mm-hmm. for that. So I wrote 10. I wrote a 10,000 word article. And you know what, Heather? I beat Clio. I beat all of the big, all of the other big digital marketing agencies that are popping into your mind right now, the people that are listening, I beat all of them. I was number one. I think I've dropped to number three now on the page because I think they caught wise. But for for a year, I've been at number one. So Mm. if I can beat Clio (laughs) for this keyword, anyone listening to this can be successful. You can be. Okay. So a couple of things. First off, I think it's hilarious the way you view SEO, it's so lawyerly <laughs> to think, <laughs> oh, it's a competition and I want to be oh, first, yeah. um, which is a great way to look at it because it, it does take a lot of work to do, you know, the stuff you need to do to be ranked number one or even on the first page, which then brings me into, yeah, but it's a lot of work. And so, you know, a lot of lawyers get turned off by that. Um, and some of them are okay with it because they just hire somebody like you. Others want to understand it more, right? So before and want to do some of it themselves and then they get turned off because, oh my God, this is just too much work. So (laughs) there's a couple of avenues we could go there, but I think first and foremost, let's speak to the people who might not be ready to hire somebody yet. Okay. And where can they get started to A, understand SEO and B, improve their performance and really, you know, what what do they need to do? Because the hope is they're successful at it so that eventually they can make enough money so that they can offload it and hire somebody like you. <laughs> right. And a small, I'm a small business owner as well, right? Originally, I did my accounting. And then when I got big enough, I'm like, I am not doing this anymore. And I outsourced it, right? Yep. So for those who are bootstrapping, DIY, the people that are just starting out, let me say this first. Um, This is all outlined in my book, but here is the overview that everyone needs to know. There's a recipe. I didn't create it. I don't have proprietary rights to it. It is just what will work 
if you follow this recipe in this order to um, move the needle for SEO. So here's the here are the things in this order. Number one, branding. Before you create a website, write content, do anything, you need to have a good brand. You need to show how you are different than your competition. Why should somebody choose you over somebody else? Because there are a lot of attorneys in the United States and in your area and in your state or wherever. So why should someone choose you? Figure that out and make it seep and permeate and marinate in all of your branding. So that you're different. Yes. And we talked, um, by the time this airs, this will have come out, but we we talked about branding in a previous episode with Stephanie Marone. I will link to that because it's really important. Branding is not your font and your colors and all that crap that we all like obsess over. No, it is. (laughs) No, what I say it is the emotional connection that someone has regarding your services. We all have an emotional connection to certain brands. There are certain brands that we are loyal to. Now, people aren't going to really have that with a law firm, but people are going to feel like, hey, this person is an expert or this person can represent me or whatever it is. It is really explaining how you are different. And it's so not woo-woo. It is really... It is really very practical to make yourself different. And frankly, it makes it easier for a potential client to choose you over other people. So do it. Make it easy for them it to does. choose you. And it does. It, and it weeds the wrong people out. So it, it yeah. allows people who would be naturally attracted to you to come to you and That's to exactly choose you right. more quickly. And the people you don't want to be your clients to be weeded out. That's exactly right. Um, So that's the first thing is branding. The next thing is a website. We always recommend a WordPress website. You don't want Wix or Squarespace. I know that they're pretty and easy, but the same things that make them pretty and easy are the things that make them actually terrible on the back end for SEO. There's a big long thing about that. Just trust me. I know that too. (laughs) Yeah. So you need a WordPress website. You need your own real estate on the interweb. Okay. And that is going to be a house that you build. And if you build it on WordPress, you will have it forever and you can rearrange the furniture later on. Don't worry about it. With a different theme on WordPress, it's not that hard to do. The next step is content. So now you've got a brand, you've got a website. The next step is you need to be putting out consistent content. I'm saying once a week minimum, at least a thousand words. If you are writing less than that, or less frequently than that, I can guarantee your competitors are doing that. So you're trying to compete with them. So if you offer less or less frequently, Google will not choose you. At the end of the day, you're dating Google, okay? You are a suitor that is dating Google, and Google has to choose between all of the suitors. And if you're a guy going on a date, and you go one time, and you say, okay, now marry me, nobody's going to do that. You need to bring flowers and bring candy and show up when you say you're going to show up and be trustworthy and then and bring more to the table than the other suitors. So that's the same thing with Google. You have to show Google that you are the best suitor to put at the top of their page. And the easiest way I would say to do this, and, and I also had a guest on this around thought leadership, because that's what this is, thought leadership. You're getting your ideas out there. You are addressing the issues, the concerns, the questions that your perfect clients typically have that are kind of that top level, the things they're constantly thinking about, that they're coming to you and have questions about that you can quickly and easily give them some type of value, some type of answer, even if it's 
here's the next step. Here's where you need to be going. Here's what you need to be thinking about. It can be all kinds of avenues, but you need, yes, you need to be writing about that. And I know it sounds hard, an article a week, but I will tell you as somebody who started her own business and had to start doing this herself and did longer form, longer than 1,000 word articles. And I don't do the writing as much as I used to because I just don't. I can't fit everything in. But when I was doing it to establish myself and get my name out there, I did 3,500, 4,000 plus word articles at least, right? And it can be very time consuming at first, but it's 1,000 is not that much. You're recommending 1,000, right? It's I'm not saying that hard. minimum 1,000, yes. So it's a good place to start to get yourself in the habit and grow and extend from there. When you get into the habit, it becomes a lot more natural. And we get into how to get into the habit and the things you can do to help you out in that um, episode about thought leadership with, I think it was with Jay Harrington. So I will put that in the show notes as well. (laughs) So it will help you. The other thing I will say, I will say two more things about this. It is not just what you write. It is how you write it. So if you have brilliant thoughts uh, that you submit to the court with a green crayon, the court will not accept that because (laughs) it's like that is not in the right format. So it's very important that if you are going to spend the time writing something for 4,000 words, that it is keyworded correctly, that it is formatted correctly, and take the time to really look at how to do that because it would be really heartbreaking for you to write a 4,000 word article that Google doesn't understand and doesn't give you credit for. Yep. The uh, the other thing I will say about this is everyone is losing their ever-loving minds about chat GPT and you know they're all salivating over it. And so I'm not sure if someone will listen to this years later and 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 think something different about it. But I'm going to tell you this right now. I have no idea why people are even considering this and here is why. In my agency, we run every single article through multiple checkers that exist that say whether something was written by AI. Now, I can't tell as a human sometimes if something is written by AI or not, but the AI bots recognize their own somehow. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that if all of these tools are available, and there are many, okay, Google also knows if yes. something is written by a, by a bot. Even if you think it sounds good, even if you think it sounds great, I guarantee you, if you put it in to one of those checkers, it's going to come up like 97% not human. So if you are going to write content, if you're not going to outsource it, if you're going to do it yourself, write it yourself. Do not use one of these tools because what will happen is you'll write 4,000 words with this thing. You will put it on your website and then Google will ding you for it. It's coming. So I, this is the prophecy that I say, I say that in the next year, this is my prophecy. We'll see if it comes true, Heather, that in the next year, websites that use AI written content will be demoted by Google. I'm willing to bet that's the case too. That it's not just that they'll ignore it. It's not just that they won't rank you highly. They will, they'll ding you and you'll Yeah, just you'll like when they hurt. see plagiarism. Exactly. Yeah. So once you have a brand and a website and content, you need to drive people to your site. So the next thing you need to do is social media. And these social media sites, you should not build your house on them. You should use them as tools to direct yeah. traffic to your website. And then the final thing that you that you really need to do is just make sure 
that the on-site SEO of your website, um, that includes all the schema markups, interlinks. I mean, we could go on forever. Backlinks, all of these things are being done consistently um, to ensure the health, the SEO health of your website. So those would that's kind of the trajectory. And so for somebody just starting out, you know, I would say make sure your brand is solid, make sure your website is solid for SEO and get and start getting some content out there that you're promoting on social media. And that is a great place to start. Yeah. And, and I would just say, if you have a book, you have a book, right? On how, how to start like doing this, learning this. I do. I'll put a link to that as well, because <laughs> you'll learn what she's really talking about. You'll learn the how-tos. It gets very intuitive as you start to actually do it. It may sound like a lot, but it's not as bad as you think as somebody who knew nothing about SEO when she started her business and had to very quickly learn it. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I wanted to do with my book was it's called the Click Magnet, the ultimate, you know, digital marketing guide for law firms. And it is not, it's not a page turner. It's not Harry <laughs> Potter. Okay. It is literally like, do this. This is how you do it. This is how you format. This is how you write titles. This is how you find keywords. It is very much a practical rubber step hits step. the road type of thing. So, Good. um, and it's available, it's paperback and it's um, Kindle right now. Um, and I am in the process of recording the audio book right oh, now. Oh, cool. So. Okay, nice. Nice. Well, you'll have to get me those links when you finish them so people okay. can see where to get all that. Okay. So you're no longer bootstrapping. You realize you need help. What should people be looking for when they're looking to hire somebody? What are the questions they really need to be asking? And then once I've hired somebody, you know, how do they protect themselves and ensure that the, the, they're, you know, getting what it is they should be getting out of it? The the first thing I would say is this. When someone is trying to do SEO, content marketing, social media marketing, anything like that for a law firm, it is very different than a travel blogger, fashion mm -hmm. blogger. Not that there's anything wrong with that, okay? But there is an intersection that is a very narrow road. Uh, that we walk as digital marketers, that the intersection is that you want to please the Google bots. Okay. That's all, that's everybody. But then you want to be understandable legally to potential clients, right? You want what you write to be understandable, not only yep. to the Google bots, but clients, but you also want to have an appearance of expertise and authority, but also you want to make sure that all of your articles are legally accurate and also ethically compliant. <laughs> yes. So it's There's like, you know, you need to wipe your brow after that. Like, whew, that was a lot. And so what I would say is that when you start talking, this is this is kind of one way to sort of weed out digital marketing agencies. Whatever practice area you're in, estate planning, intellectual property, personal injury, whatever it is, start asking immediately the person that you're talking to, give me examples of the types of articles that you are going to write for me. And if you are a real estate attorney doing commercial transactions in California with um, big, pharmaceutical, big pharmaceutical companies or whatever it is, and they start talking about closing on your house, that's not the kind of real estate law I'm talking about, mm -hmm. right? I'm an estate planning attorney. I don't do probate. Don't give me a probate article. Yes, I'm an estate planning attorney, but I don't do probate, right? So these are the, th like, I'm an intellectual property attorney. I'm not a patent attorney. you got to have a special thing for that, right? So 
if they don't understand your practice area, how in the world can they write about it? Mm-hmm. How can they write about something that they don't understand? And so that's the first thing. The second thing is what makes me feel frustrated about large digital marketing agencies that you should ask is, why do you have a year-long contract? Why am I being Mm. held hostage? Why can't this go month to month or quarterly? And they will all say, well, it's because it takes a long time for SEO to happen. Okay, well, we're all adults here. We can just talk about that. Like, I hear you. It's going to take a while. So I would be I would really ask questions about that. The next question I would ask that is huge. This one is, I should have probably started with this one. Is this a WordPress website that I own? Oh, yeah. Because what happens is when you go to larger digital marketing agents, they'll say, oh, yeah, you own the content on your website. Well, yeah, if you copy and paste it all, you own it, the actual content, but you don't own that website. And once they have you there and built this, like, you know, who wants to leave then and start all over? It's hard. And they know that. So that's for the so, digital marketing companies that are providing the websites and yes. all of that. So yeah. if you are hiring a digital marketing agency, now, if you love this digital marketing agency company, you know, you're going to be with them for life, okay, forever, that you are married to this institution, then go ahead. But I just want to let you know that if they say you own the content, what they mean is you own the words that you can copy and paste into a Microsoft Word document, okay? They don't mean that you own the website. That if you leave, you get to take that website with you. So just make very certain of that because that's very important. I would start asking who is writing my articles? And not only that, do I get to decide what articles are on my website before they just show up in my inbox or just show up on my website? Mm-hmm. Because maybe I don't agree with that. Maybe you got the wrong law, the the law wrong. Maybe you got, you violated an ethics standard that you don't know about. Like, you know, contact Heather. She's the best attorney. I'm sure she is, but you can't say it. So Uh I would really ask all of these questions. And if you feel like you're in a funnel of like now dealing with sales representative Roman numeral two, And you can't get to someone to ask, who is writing my content? Can I give you pre-approved article topics? Whatever it is, I'd be very concerned. The next thing I would be asking digital marketing agencies is, do I get to see everything before it goes on my website? Yeah. Your website is literally the impression of you. Most of the time, the only impression that people get of you. So before people start willy-nilly starting to put things on your website or on social media for you or whatever else, you should have approved that, right? And, you know, not only the content, not only the hashtags, not only the graphics and images, but just making sure, you know, double, double check that the law is right, that it's ethically compliant, all of those things. The other thing that I would ask a digital marketing agency is, how do I know that what you're doing is working? What, <laughs> what can somebody talk to me, please, about this? Now, sometimes they'll send you a report, but the truth of the matter is 
lawyers often don't know what they're looking at. Like these are graphs. Like I will agree that this is a graph, but I don't know what it means. I don't know how that translates into potential clients calling me or dollars in my bank account. So someone should be providing you with a report saying at the beginning of the month, this is where you were. This was your traffic. This was your domain authority score. These were the keywords you were ranking for, blah, blah, blah. And now here it is. This is the work we did. And now at the end of the month, these are the keywords you're ranking for. This is your search trap, all of that. This is, and by the way, this is what we're going to do next month to try to increase that. Right. And you need to have enough knowledge to understand what that means, which isn't, you don't have to like know everything, but it, it, you need to understand, okay, look at the keywords and say, okay, does this make sense? Am I ranking right. for keywords that make sense for what somebody who is a perfect client for me would go on to Google and search? Right. Am I if you're an estate planning attorney areas? that does not do probate, you should not be ranking for probate attorney Correct. in Hayes, Kansas. Okay. Like you should not be ranking for that. Yep. So that is very important. And I think that frankly, Someone should be visiting, this is my personal opinion, it's my recommendation, somebody needs to be talking to you every month. They are partnering with you to grow your business, right? Would you expect a client to pay you and then you never talk to them again, right? You need to tell them, this is where we're at on the case. This is what's happened. This is what's coming up. This is how I can prepare you for testimony, deposition. This is what a deposition is, right? Like whatever it is. So it's to me, instead of a service, right? Like if you get a lawn service at your house, they come into your lawn. Like you don't need to have like a lot of reports or data about that. You can see if your lawn is growing or not. And that's the end. But when you are trying to build your business that is so not only financially important to you, but we all know that our businesses are, there's an emotional component to your business. It's your baby. Yep. Yep. And you want someone who's going to take, take, be just as invested in growing that the right way as you. And if you feel that you are a number, that you are not getting the attention that you deserve, that you are not getting a r- real answers to where your digital marketing dollars are going, then I think that that's a huge problem. It's and a red flag. <laughs> it's a huge red flag. And the, yeah. and the real problem is, Heather, at the beginning, right? Because salespeople are groomed to sell. I'm the worst salesperson, by the way. Like, I never say like, okay, we need to make a decision right now. Like, I'm the worst. I'm like, here's a proposal. Here's another proposal. Let's talk about it some more, blah, blah, blah. But that, and I'm the worst. And all my clients will tell you that. Like, I'm the worst salesperson. But in the end, I want to partner with clients who are invested in, in being a participant in the process that are asking the right questions so that I have the opportunity to answer those. You know, that that's where real, real partnerships are made. And I feel like if you are a, a law firm that has several attorneys, you're kind of ready to outsource this, but you're not quite ready yet to bring in a full marketing team in-house. You know, you're not Morgan and Morgan, right? And and you're just ready for this, that it's just crucial at that first at that first phase where someone is selling you 
to just take all the time you need. Just do not be rushed with it. Make sure that someone answers all of your questions, that you're very clear on the operating procedures of things, that you're very clear on what you're going to get every month, what is that going to look like, and what are the reports you're going to get, and what are the expected. Now, you can't ever can't promise anything. I can't promise anybody. And by the way, if anybody does promise you anything, that's a red flag, right? Yeah, no, you can't. (laughs) But I will tell you that the formula, the recipe works. If it's, if it's worked correctly, I've never seen it not work when it's done correctly. And, and, you know, but there is, let's be clear, sometimes it takes a little longer than you anticipate, or, you know, you, you go and you realize, okay, we need to tweak something. But yes, that's, that's the process. So, so what so I tell people, so what I tell people is this, you know, uh, and especially, you know, we're recording this at the beginning of the year. So people are starting to lose weight, right? We're going to go to the gym. We're going to exercise, right? You can do that for a long time, right? Several months. And then someone finally looks at you and goes, Hey, have you been losing weight? You're like, Oh my gosh, yes. I've been working on this a really long time. (laughs) So it's the same with your SEO. You work on your website and you work on it after month after month and you do your keywords and do your content, do your social media, do your onsite SEO, do backlinks. And then all of a sudden after, you know, six months or five, six months, Google looks at you and goes, Hey, have you been working on your SEO? You're like, oh my gosh, yes, I've been working on it. Yes. So it takes time, right? But in the end, unlike paid advertising, you are planting, instead of just buying an apple, you're planting apple seeds that are growing in orchard that will continue to bring you your ideal clients over and over. Let's be all honest. We skip past though. It's ads anyway, right? Oh, yeah. Like all of us do that. And Don't the lawyer, waste your money on it. No. And the, the, the legal keywords for ad, Google AdWords are astronomically expensive, yes. right? Like you have to mortgage your house to get them. But the truth is, is that the end of the day, if you are marketing organically who you are, why you're an expert, why you're an authority, why you are trustworthy why you in your branding, someone should choose you over other people with your, your ideal client will find you. Those are the people that you want. And then you will have an orchard, right? Instead of just buying one apple, you'll be planting apple seeds. You'll have a whole orchard of this. And I think that that's really the differentiator as well. It takes time. It does take time. Yeah. So, okay. Moral of the story. Couple things I'm hearing here. Number one, be patient. It does take time. Number two, when you hire somebody, do your due diligence, ask questions, be very intentional and proactive, and do not, don't go forward unless you feel really comfortable. Number three, don't sign a year long or more contract. There's no reason to, and you probably don't have to, I would say, as long, in fact, I would say you definitively don't have to if you're hiring the right person (laughs) or agency. You know, I hate saying that because I don't want to throw, I don't want to throw any, I don't want to throw anybody under You don't the bus. have to say it. I'll say it. Okay. I'm saying it because say I it. can't stand that. Like even when I hire, you know, I require a six-month package for for a lot of my coaching because sure. it does take time. Sure. But you can cancel at any time and I do give refunds. Never happened. But I, I, I would <laughs> absolutely do that because – it's wrong to say, nope, sorry, got to still work with me. Now, do I have clients that have been with me for a while that pay for a year in advance because at the end of December, we're all trying to get our money for taxes right. off the books, right? Okay, yes, 
hundred percent. I have people that pay me. Well, and I do year. think that's different. But that's because they want to do that. Not because but that's different. I'm forcing them. They, you've already established a relationship. You've already established yes. trust. They know what they're yes. getting. They've seen results. Sure. I do think there's a difference when you are. There first is. Hiring. I do. I do feel like no one. One of the big things for me is I don't think anyone should have buyer's remorse if they don't right. even have anything yet. Right. right. You don't even have anything to show for anything, and you have spent all of this money and. For me, listen, I'm so transparent. Not only do we have samples of all of our work on our website and all of that, all my pricing is on our website too. That's because, a pet peeve of mine as well. <laughs> yeah, is it? Because yes. I can't, when I go to websites, I'm like, just tell me how much the yes. thing costs. Yeah. Like, you know, way. because I am not your ideal client. You know, if you're sell- if you're selling me a pair of socks for a thousand dollars. Like I'm not your, like I can go ahead and weed myself out. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, I just feel like if you are interviewing or visiting with digital marketing agencies, don't let them rush you. Don't let them whatever, like make sure that you are in the driver's seat of it. Make sure that you find what have they done for other clients? Like we don't disclose who our other clients are because we have you know, non-disclosure agreements, but I'm very blessed that many of my clients have left Google reviews and they said, put my testimonial on your website. So that's great. Um, but make sure that you see the, the reports that someone has done for other people or that, and then make sure that's the reason I like month to month because I feel like, and a lot of our clients even do quarterly because that's easier for them, but we don't require it. I feel like, look, nobody's happy to pay a bill, right, Heather? Nobody's like, yeah, I have to spend money. But right. at the same time, I want when my clients make that payment to me every month, they're like, this is money well spent. Like I am I am very content in spending this money with Annette because I know I'm getting something for it. So just make sure whoever you hire as your digital marketing agency, if you decide to go that route, that certainly after a couple months, three months that you are like, I am getting my money's worth. Well, and I would say that final thing is do not expect to hire somebody and walk away and wipe and just, you know, hands clean. You need to be involved. You need to be meeting with them monthly. You need to see what the results are. You need to understand what it is they're talking about so that you can ensure you're getting what it is you're paying for. Yes. And I think that that's really important. And, you know, if you are, you know, listen, if you are a law firm that is substantially medium sized, I don't know that every single lawyer that is on the, like, you don't all need to show up, right? But someone who has been tasked with overseeing the marketing of your law firm needs to know where your dollar, somebody needs, somebody needs to know where your marketing dollars are going. um, If they are being used efficiently and effectively. Yeah, absolutely. It's a passion of mine. Can you tell? Obviously. Yes. (laughs) It's absolutely a passion of yours. So we are at the end of our conversation. Where can people find you? Should they want to connect with you and find out how to work with you? Well, my website is lawquill.com, L-A-W-Q-U-I-L-L.com. And again, everything is very transparent 
on that website. Um, if you have any questions, you can always email me at Annette, A-N-N-E-T-T-E at lockwell.com. Or you can find me in my happy place, which is LinkedIn. Um, I love where LinkedIn. Where we met. <laughs> yes, that's where we met. I love LinkedIn. Um, I'm also on Instagram. Um, and then if you're interested, I also have a podcast, um, which is called Legal Marketing Lounge and the book Click Magnet. But for those of you that are, like like we said at the beginning, bootstrapping and just starting out, please take advantage of all the resources that are on my website, um, including all of the blog articles, because it talks about every single one of these areas that we've talked about today in more depth and practical guides, like how to make your LinkedIn profile better, like all of these like in the weeds kinds of articles that can help you, really help you. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not in a place where you can hire somebody just yet to get yourself to that place so that you can hand it off and not have to do it anymore, you will want to follow those so that you can be successful. And I am here to say, first and foremost, that it's absolutely possible because I'm a lawyer who knew nothing about SEO, who was able to go out there and gain traction and get clients that way and make money that way. And, you know, you, if I can do it, anybody can do it. So, <laughs> I mean, it worked, right? The recipe works, right? Heather, it does work. I mean, it works. It does. And lucky for me, I no longer have to really worry about that so much anymore. So <laughs> it's been good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It has been a pleasure and an honor. I uh, fully support and encourage everything that you do for this community. I think it's just fantastic. I'm honored to be part of it. Well, thank you. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed today's conversation with Annette. And I just wanted to come in here and mention to you that if you are looking to strategically grow your book of business to where you want it to be, and perhaps you feel a bit intimidated by the process of business development, there are so many things you could be doing. And the typical advice is so generic that it's really difficult for you to figure out what is it I should actually be doing. Then I do have something for you. I offer up to you the client development blueprint. If you do not have it, I will have a link to it in the show notes. It is the five-step process that I used to build my book of business to two and a half million and beyond. And it's also the starting point that my clients have used and it works. In the blueprint, you will learn how to uncover the marketing strategies that best leverage your strengths and help keep you motivated so that you can stay consistent. It will help you identify your most beneficial networking targets so that you can create an organized plan for developing strong relationships that actually produce. And you will also learn how and when to ask for business in a way that feels good to you. Not awkward, not salesy and it will get you quicker results. Again, it will be in the show notes. That is it for this week. We will be back next week for more. Bye for now. Are you tired of barely squeezing life in thinking, shouldn't there be more to life than this? Do you wanna to get to the next level, but without losing yourself in the process? Are you ready to start thinking and doing differently so that you can stop doing the same things over and over and over, hoping for a different result? If any of this speaks to you and you're ready to do something about it starting now, book a call with me to find out how I can help. Go to lifeandlawpodcast.com forward slash free call.